coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're here this week to discuss, you guessed it, Spiral from the Book of Saw. That's my, uh, yeah. I'm trying to do the theme song. Here. <laughs> so you got to do the uh, the 21 Savage version. Uh, I'm going to let them spin like a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember all the words right now. Um, yeah. You haven't seen enough yet, but I'm sure once we've listened to that song a couple dozen more times, we'll get it down. Um, Yeah, we're here to talk about the new Spiral Saw movie. Um, It's it's been out for a little bit now, but we wanted to make sure we had time to uh, really soak it in. And I had to see it twice to make sure caught all the little details and everything. Um, But we're here. We're ready to talk about it. And oh, boy, we're so excited for this. Oh boy. <laughs> We've been building to this for quite a while now because, you know, it was supposed to come out last year yes. and then it didn't because, right. you know, um, so we're so glad that it's finally out. I finally got to go to a movie theater to see it. Yeah. Was, was this your first trip back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First time back. I saw a spiral at the, uh, the dine-in theater near my place. Interesting saying spiral at a dining theater. (laughs) Yeah. It was a very classy experience. Um, It was kind of fun. Like, uh, it was kind of a sparse crowd. And I I wasn't sure, like, if the people there were like, this was opening weekend. So I wasn't sure the people there were like hardcore fanatics or just like there to see a movie on a Saturday night. But like, people were like cheering for the kills and stuff and cheered at the ending. So, like, they were definitely so, it was a pretty good crowd for it. Right. And I also saw um, Godzilla versus Kong the next day in the same theater. Ooh. So that was quite the welcome Ooh. back to the movies. I was going to do the George of yeah. the Jungle yell for some reason, but that's not really <laughs> the right um, reaction to that. Um, well, that's so fun. That's such a good good return to the movies. This was unfortunately nowhere near the first movie back for me, but um, this was like my my fifth journey back to the movies. Um was Spiral because I'd already seen all of the shorts programs and then Mortal Kombat before I saw Spiral. Yeah, well, you've been you've been getting right back into the stride of things. The girl gets around around. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I have been, you know, it's been really fun. I've now seen like so. Let's see, I saw those. I saw the five we just talked about, and now I've seen I've seen two others since. Um, I can't remember what they all are at the moment for some reason. I'm really losing. Oh, A Quiet Place Part 2. I was like, there's another one in here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen A Quiet Place 2 and now Cruella. So I really, I'm oh getting out there. I've seen it all. <laughs> um, there, You know what? Film is done now. I Now that I've seen seven movies back in a theater, I think we've we've mastered film. So <laughs> That's it, <laughs> folks. We finally solved movies. Uh, this is us <laughs> signing off here. Buzz on movies. Our mission is done. <laughs> See you next time when we take on a different industry. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, I um, I also you know just saw Spiral for the second time last sure, night at the know, Regal, so I've got I've got the Regal Unlimited subscription now. Now we're is- see now we're a house divided. 
So I <laughs> I have resumed my AMC A list. Um, ah, yes. 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 An AMCer, huh? Classic. I'm back on the uh, the A list, as they say. Um, mm. They being AMC corporate <laughs> company. Um, but yeah, so that's been really fun. And by that's been really fun, I mean I've seen one movie with it, but it was very fun. Yeah, I mean I like I uh, there aren't AMC's around me unfortunately, but um, I'm interested to see how the Regal Pass goes. Um, it's supposed to be like a truly unlimited pass, which is different from the AMC. Right. Um, so, so you can see more than three. Yeah. Like okay. it's supposed to be like as many as you want for a month. I don't know wow. if you could do multiple in the same day, but um, I, if so, I'm probably going to try that out at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. This was my first time going to this Regal as well because it's been closed for months. It just reopened like a week ago. Sure. Um, so that was cool too. Uh, I was the only one there for the 945 <laughs> spiral showing, wow. but uh, I made good use of it. Front and nice. center, personal cinema style. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And very excited to be back at the movies, sort of getting back in the swing of things. Hopefully, we're going to be bringing you a lot more up-to-date reviews of movies now yeah. that we're not just watching old stuff at home. And we can, we can actually talk about in-theater experiences again. Oh, yeah. How exciting is that? It's why we started this in the first place. So it's why we, we do it. It's why we're here. Um, and now we can finally start getting back. We're getting back to our roots. And that yeah. feels that's nice. That's exciting. Good for us. You know? Yes. I'm so happy for us. I'm so happy for us. We've and come so far. It's all coming full circle um, in our little, our little po- podcast community. Um, community. <laughs> The Buzzsaw Movies community, um, they're, they're, the Buzzsaw Movies faithful are thankful to us, I'm sure. The bomb faithful. Um, <laughs> the bombers. Uh, no, there's no, no bombers out no, there. No, no, <laughs> no. All um, right. So um, let's talk Spiral. Now, let's talk Spiral. It's going to be hard to talk about this movie, obviously, without giving a lot of spoilers. So why don't we try to get the general stuff out of the way first so we can before we delve into the spoilery territory? Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. First of all, what do you think? Does it stand up to it. the rest of the over? Okay. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I think it is better than a, a good pack of the Saw franchise. It is never as good as like Saw Six, Two, or the original. Those mm-hmm. are like those are the elite Saws, right? Like one, two, right. and six. It's never quite there, but it is better than a lot of the other Saws. Um was my personal takeaway from it. I really liked it. Um, and this, I mean, me saying that it's not as good as Saw 1, 2, and 6, it's, it's you know, those are some of my favorite horror movies. Obviously, we are Saw fans here. Um, yes. I, I'm a I'm a Saw fan first. I'm a man second. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, you know, so I, I feel very strongly about some of these Saw movies. So, you know, this isn't like a knock saying it doesn't quite live up to those. Um because I think there were some imperfections in this film, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I did think overall it was quite good. I thought it was a a, a fun, different direction. Um, while also, I loved that it like brought back some like classic saw trappings. Like I just love. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk the editing 
from some previous Saw intros oh, was yeah. finally like back. I was like, oh, hell yeah, we're doing that 2007 editing. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it, baby. Um, that was hype, you know. Um, I loved I loved Chris Rock just like hamming it up. Um, he like, some of his acting was just like, it was like, we're reaching big galaxy brain time here with Chris <laughs> Rock's performance. Um, oh my God. This, this is going really well. Um, so, it, you know. Really enjoyed it. I love Max Mangella in it. Um, and, you know. Oh, he was good, yeah. Yeah, he was really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought, I don't, without going into spoiler stuff, I thought, like, the big twist was just, like, it was just, like, obviously this is, I mean, the, the killer was, I, I, I have a, I have trouble imagining you'd be surprised by who the killer is revealed to be. Right, um, yes. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, and that's, like, a definitely a flaw, right? Like, the movie wants, Saw movies, you know, sort of live and die by their twists to some extent. Um, this twist was not the twist itself initially was like, okay, obviously it got a little better. I thought like the way it all came together and was pulled off in the end was like, okay, this works. Like, um, it it, it improves after you, you're initially a little let down and then it's like, oh, okay. Things are a little different. Yeah, the situation but, is better than you think. Like, you at first think it's just, oh, that's the killer, obviously. But then the, the killer's full plan is actually pretty good. It's like, yeah. So, um, that and that's a better twist. So, um, it, it sort of, like, makes up for itself. Um, but, yeah, in general, I really liked it. Uh, you know, thought it was good. I thought we got some, like, good brutal kills. We got, um, you know, nice cleaner you know, filmmaking, even though some of the editing still took us back to that 2007, 2008 frenetic chaos yeah. that Saul does. Um, that's a sort of a, a, just part of the fact that we got Darren LeBoozman, Oren Cools, they're, they're both back and, you know, involved in this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I liked it. So now enough of my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I, I think I feel pretty much the same. I would also like put this right below like saw one two six mm-hmm. um so like i i say saying that is giving it a compliment it is top tier saw yeah this is among the best films of the franchise uh it's very good it takes uh a, a kind of a different tone while also respecting the the groundwork of the earlier installments yeah i kind of like the fact that it at times like sort of feels like a like a film noir or something it's just sure. it's all focused on chris rock and his partner as they go around and discover these increasingly horrifying crime scenes very much in that same style of like a classic detective detective movie rather than like the sort of saw movie that we're used to however when it needs to bring that energy for like the trap scenes it's all right there like it's still got the energy and like you said it's still got the uh that crazy editing style when it (laughs) decides to whip it out which is sparingly but it's it's a nice balance um when it happened when it happened i was literally like all right we're doing this (laughs) like i like i'm pretty sure it was like me and there was this one guy sitting like a few rows down like not not rows a few seats down from me and he was in like a a classic horror t-shirt i can't remember what the movie was it was like some 80s horror movie so i was like this guy's gonna get it like (laughs) like before the lights even went down i was like and and we also both were like the only two in the theater who ordered like a large like 
meal. I was like, I'm going to get a hamburger and fries for Saw. <laughs> um, so, um, oh my God. but we both like it happened. And I was like, I was like trying to look at him. I was like, do you understand? It's very nice that we're getting this editing right now because Jigsaw <laughs> didn't have any of that. Right. Jigsaw was like trying to be like a totally different beast. Um, yeah. This this movie, it was like clearly Darren Lynn Boozman was like, no, 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 we're bringing back some of that shit. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. The only thing missing was the like bad rock music playing over top of it. Um, this movie subs that out. Uh, it takes that away and we get more like rap and hip hop, which made sense with the overall tone and like concept of this film. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, it's nice. I, I like that it's got a, like a different feel to it. The different music is is a, is a part of that. Um yeah, overall, like it, it's it's nice and, and cohesive. Um, my overall uh, biggest problem with it is like the third act feels kind of rushed. It's extremely uh, rushed. I really feel like this movie could have been like half an hour longer and have still been like not too draggy and like fleshed out some of the stuff that happens in the third act a bit more. Yep. Um, I 100% agree with that. That is the biggest problem. Yeah. You always run a risk of outstaying your welcome, but there are a few points that we'll get to that seem like they're, uh, they suffer from the shortened runtime. Overall, though, like I don't have a lot of complaints. Um, We'll get into some nitpicks, I'm sure. But uh, at least for this phase of things, uh, I really liked it. I like the mood. I like Chris Rock, Max Mangella. Just all, like all the acting was really good. You, yes. you, normally like acting in the saw franchise can be a bit hit or miss but i think like everyone was good even down to the, like the little bit parts um yeah that was definitely and, yeah that that's like a nice change that does not happen in saw we do not typically get good acting um, samuel jackson was great in this samuel he's such, this such a great addition to the saw universe he is um, yeah he so fits I, in perfectly <laughs> I think, okay, so let's just like dive right in from that. So one thing that I thought was interesting and it's sort of highlighted by Samuel L. Jackson being present in this movie in the first place, it's just like the tone is so very different. It Jigsaw was kind of marketed as striking a sort of like humorous balance, but Jigsaw kind of failed at that. Spiral is actually kind of funny in a lot of moments and like really weird. Like it's like they got yeah. this really weird like, levity like it's trying to balance like humor and like the grisly horror obviously and a lot of times it actually succeeds on by virtue of chris rock and samuel l jackson like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Um, and i think i think in general the franchise is a lot funnier than people give it credit for well occasionally unintentionally all twitter saw nation will agree with us on that (laughs) occasionally Um, it's unintentional but i think that there is a lot of humor that's actually put in there that uh, people just assume is like bad filmmaking or whatever. Uh, the movie know the movies know they're being ridiculous some of the yes. time. Yes, uh, they're a little self aware, and I think that like this movie managed to capture that and also have like some genuine, just straight up comedy bits in there. Like a lot of the stuff that Chris Rock says when he's just like bullshitting while they're getting to the crime scene or whatever. He right. has like a, practically a stand up routine in the opening scene. Uh, which he was does, yeah. <laughs> him talking about Forrest Gump. And yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, this seems like it could have come out of one of his specials. probably. Yes. Yeah. I thought that too. That was like, Oh, I've got some, some cutting room floor material that I didn't want to put in an actual special. Do you think I could run it by, by the crowds and spiral? Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I agree. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it, it was just like an interesting you know, it was a change. It was a little bit different than a lot of um, 
the the tone of Saw movies. I agree that a lot of Saw movies are funny and they are intentionally funny. That does happen a lot. Um, but this one, it was more obviously. I think this kind of humor could land more with more people is what I would say. People yeah. are not going to mistake it as being just bad filmmaking. Um, the, in this one, it's like very clear that they're going for humor a lot of the time. Anytime Chris Rock or Samuel L. Jackson are on screen, especially if they're both on screen, you can bet that there's some some attempt at humor happening somewhere. Um, yeah. Chris Rock, not necessarily as much because he also happens to be our protagonist. <laughs> but, um, and so when you're the protagonist in a Saw movie, necessarily you're going to get into some scenes that aren't funny. Um, but, you know, say la vie. This guy, you know, he, he you know, he's a detective. I yeah. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that. <laughs> he's like he's he's like a jaded detective who's like telling a lot of jokes to sort of lighten the mood and distract himself from all the all the pain that he's going through. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's interesting that he's a detective who is really cut off from his coworkers. His coworkers don't seem to like him, um, and it's not because he's a really bad detective. It's actually the opposite. It's that he actually is like really gung ho about believing in like certain, you know, doing the right thing when you're when you're doing detective work, right? And the yeah. rest of the people are actually really corrupt, which we I mean, we learn more and more as we go, but it's pretty clear from the outset that the problem is the others are just kind of they just want to get like their they want to solve cases and put, you know, get the win and move forward. Like they they're not actually concerned with like doing the detective work in the same way. Um, yeah. I mean, he is, <laughs> he's branded as a rat for yes. like, for turning in a, a cop who killed somebody. Yes. And um, like, a, as a result, he is cut off from the rest of the force. And so a large part of his challenge uh, in this movie is that while he's trying to solve this problem, uh, like a lot of the, the other police people don't want to help him out because they hate him. They hate him. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like fighting a battle on two fronts, which right. makes it really interesting. Yeah. Um, and he is kind of like a classic noir character in that way as well. He's like the the cop who's like his career is basically on the back burner at this point because of something he did because of like trying to take on a corrupt system and uh, having it lash back at him. Um, so I found that really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and he's also, he's got a lot of like, the classic, your hard-boiled detective sort of vibe, just by, by virtue of being like a loner who goes rogue. Like, like he, I mean, the the opening sequence, while not the opening, I guess, but one of the his intro is not only him being able to do a stand-up routine, which is great, but <laughs> um, it's also like he's going undercover on a case without his boss's permission, without any input from anybody else, just to like bring down some some like some criminals right like that's his whole thing and yeah. so he, he's doing that without telling anybody it's very like classic hard-boiled detective to like go off on your own and do your own thing and you know goddamn the consequences right um, yeah so well it's interesting because he's like the classic like loose cannon that doesn't play by the rules at least in that introduction yeah. but it turns out like most of the time when you get that character it's because they're willing to bend the rules and like use force when it wouldn't be justified or something to get things done. But in fact, it's the other way around. Like he's the only one in the department who actually does follow the rules. Everyone else wants to bend them. And right. like, that is what makes him a loose cannon somehow. Right. Yeah. And I also thought it's really interesting that like, obviously 
there's a lot of like corrupt police in the whole Saw series, but usually it's it's put down more down to like people like Detective Matthews, like one rogue element who's like yeah. a bad cop and like does their job in a dirty way. But this is the first entry, I think, in the franchise that really looks at like the entire police system as like a corrupt system wherein yep. certain bad elements can grow and cause overreaches of power. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it, this is the first time where it's like really, it's like saw is like taking aim at it on a sort of more institutional level. Like it's like, this is a, a major problem, just sort of like widespread rot in this, this police and detective force, as opposed to typically in saw, it's like, they all seem kind of bad, but we're really going to focus on, you know, detective Matthews is really, really, really bad. And detective Carrie is actually not bad. And somehow we're punishing her for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so um so yeah well, I, I do think you're right about that yeah i mean and, and like many of the many of the cop um executions or whatever that take place in saw usually turn out to be like a personal grudge because of hoffman um right. but this is the first one where it's like they're actually pointing out like you did this and you overstepped your bounds and as a result you're in this trap Right, right, yeah, yeah, and I, like, and I think this is a good time we can actually get into the traps. Okay. Um, it's definitely going to be like full spoilers all from here on out. So, yes, um, if you're interested in seeing Spiral, I highly recommend it if you can stomach what you know the level of gore that you'd expect from a movie like this. Yes. Um, if not, listen away. Um, but also be warned that we will be discussing some gory stuff, so you might not want to listen to that either. But here we go. Um, so the first trap, um, I liked, first of all, like the, the setting, like on 4th of July and like the detective, like chasing this guy down into the subway tunnels. Um, it was very, like very moody and thematic. You got, um, it's like kind of, it feels important that this is set on 4th of July when it starts as well. Um, yeah, I think the the thematic element there is very pointed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just like the whole chase scene down into the subway tunnels is really cool too. Uh, it's so, an exciting way to start things off. It's a very good opening sequence. The Fourth of July setting is really good. I liked that our opening, like our opening character, kind of was like dressed like a nineteen forties hard boiled detective for a lot of the yeah. chase scene. Had like a fedora uh, and stuff. Yeah, like he looked very, very much like he was like. Sort of why, and I think the I think that was probably intentional. I think the movie was trying to draw some some nods to that, and that way it's really like getting back to a lot of the the first movie's roots, which were very quickly abandoned. But the first yeah. movie is very much a detective movie in a lot of ways too. Um, after yeah, that, you, it becomes not that at all. Like the next eight movies or, or seven movies are like literally not a detective movie at all. But that first one is. Um, yeah. So. It's kind of interesting that Darren Lynn Boosman is directing this when he directed Saw 2 and was like the first one to move away from mm-hmm. that like detective thriller kind of feel of the first one. Right. Yeah. So then, so this, this detective is like chasing this guy down to the subway and gets caught in a saw trap. Yes. And, this trap is that he's like he's perched on a chair and he's got like his hands tied behind him with barbed wire and his tongue is like gripped in this vice thing. And the um, the the TV comes on and like there's like a little TV down by his feet. 
this, all, this is a pretty elaborate setup that somebody had to sneak in here, of course. Yes. Um, but um, and the TV is like telling him that, like, you know, he, he lied so many times on the stand and now he has to rip his tongue out in order to save himself because, like, the train is coming in three minutes or something. Um, yes. So, for, first of all, uh, I really like the the new appearance of the killer. Um, obviously, you know, John Kramer has been dead for a while. Um, we, we've pretty much expected we weren't going to get a Hoffman in this one. And, um, who knew if Logan was going to show up? I think we could probably guess that wasn't going to happen. So we all assumed like this is going to be a new killer. He should have like a new MO, at least in some way. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. He, he's just like, rather than having Billy do all the talking for him, um, he's like on the screen in the pig mask. Yeah. And he's got like, instead of like the deep distorted, like audio, um, slowed version of jigsaw. It's, uh, it's like a completely computerized voice that's speaking this, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was cool. Like it's, it's not as deep and menacing as uh like the the jigsaw voice but i found it creepy in its own sort of way the like the the detached nature of it like the artificialness yeah i think it i think it is creepy i think it's a creep it's a creepy factor for a new generation too in a lot of ways it's you know that sort of like automated voice is probably something we're all familiar with now more so than we were in 2004 Uh, (laughs) in 2004 (laughs) we didn't all have alexas and google homes and series talking to us every day We've um, come a long way. Yeah. yeah. Now we I'm do. Uh, so that voice like has a, di- it, the voice has a different feel to it for a good reason. It's like that, that sort of like detached robotic voice that we're all used to. And also like that detached robotic voice, at least to a lot of people, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, makes me think of people like Alexa is constantly watching. So like, <laughs> that's what it, it like instills in me, which makes sense for a jigsaw killer, right? Because jigsaw killers are like always watching. They're like, they'll see your little fuck up and then they're going to make you rip your tongue out because of it. Um, yeah, that's so. <laughs> true. I'm um, hoping that Alexa won't make me rip my tongue out, but well, you know. I wouldn't put anything past Jeff Bezos. 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 <laughs> that, uh, that's true. Um, so yeah. Um, so it was a cool setup. I like the idea Again, like this is something that we were expected to see more of in Saw 7, but I liked I liked the idea of like a trap that takes place in an ostensibly public place. Like yes. Not everyone's going to be down in the subway tunnels, but it is like a more it's not like some shut-off warehouse somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's relatively in public. Um getting killed by a train uh <laughs> is pretty gruesome, obviously. Um yeah, it's not even that he gets killed by the train. It's that he's technically sort of is successful in completing the trap, but like a little bit too late. Um, yeah. He, uh, I got to say, the trap is hard for him. Um, he doesn't have much time. It's like two or three minutes and the train is coming and he's got to rip his tongue out and get off of the tracks. And not just off of the tracks. I mean, you see those tracks. It's like not a lot of space. You kind of have to like climb up to get away yeah. get, get, get to safety you'd have to get your way like out of the tunnel to some sort of like yeah. offshoot or well there, there's or there's something. i mean if it's a if it's a tunnel that's built to any sort of safety standards there are like ways there's always somewhere you can climb kind of nearby anywhere uh-huh. um 
So like, you know, he would be, there's probably somewhere, but if he doesn't know that, then I don't really know that that's a good, so I'm just saying very tough, tough situation (laughs) for him. Not unwinnable, but you know, (laughs) it's a common thread in many of these traps that they are not unwinnable, but very close to like they most in many cases, like there's just not enough time to really do time uh, is definitely the biggest problem for like all of them. Like it's extremely difficult to do some of the things that jigsaw is asking of them. Right. Um, in this amount of time. Yeah. They, they, all the traps in this are very fast and very time-based. Um, yeah. If you think back to uh, especially like saw one or any of the other earlier ones, a lot more tra- traps are just kind of like, Hey, like you're here, you got to do something really tough and have at it. <laughs> <laughs> like like the, the the main trap in saw they're basically in a room for just hours and like there's the, there's no like there's a ticking clock but it's like a whole day worth of time to figure out what they have to do yeah um uh, but it is it is definitely a lot more frantic with the the shorter time uh limit right well you you do get the sense that the um the killer is not as invested in really like testing people, but more in like putting them on trial for the things that they've, that they've done that he sees as lacking. Um, and specifically they're often like, you know, about sacrificing your body parts that you've used to do something wrong. It's, it's very like seven ish in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, you know, like some of the traps in saw, like think about the, that one in the hotel room with the, you know, Oh God. Yeah. Where he has to like pierce your eyes and, um, or the, the one where you have to crush your hands and yeah, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, the, the traps are definitely pointed, right? Um, so that's intentional on the killer's part. He is trying to make it, you know? Yeah. So, this one doesn't go well for him. <laughs> uh, and he, he gets hit by the train. like, And you still get to see the tongue get ripped off because he gets hit by the train. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Train. He technically completes it. He jumps off the chair, which in doing so, the, the trap, the contraption that's holding his tongue, you know, obviously rips his tongue out because he can't hold his body by that. Um, yeah. But, you know... That's rough. <laughs> he he does yeah. it and then still gets hit by the train. Yeah. So then, you know, the cops, of course, get like a message left by the killer at the scene um, in the little flash drive. <laughs> which yeah, basically the, the, all of these jigsaw, jigsaw dispatches them messages in the form of, of flash drives. Yeah. Which, you know, I like how Chris Rock is like, I'm not using my computer for this. Like, right. <laughs> like who knows what's on this flash drive? Yeah. Great point. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like, so, like, every every kill here, the killer is, like, leaving these messages. And they have the same voice um, and sometimes a pig mask, but also sometimes they show the little puppet that's apparently been named... Mr. Snuggles. It's Mr. Snuggles. <laughs> uh, which is like a little, a little, very uh, whimsical looking pig puppet in a police outfit with a little gun. I like, uh, I like that you're describing it as whimsical. It's like, <laughs> it's a gross looking pig. It's, it's pretty gross. Yeah. It's not cute. 
<laughs> Speak for yourself. He's adorable. <laughs> but yeah, so like I like that there's a new puppet here. Um, you know, always love me some Billy, but nice to introduce a new puppet <laughs> to the yeah, series. I, I, I like doing a new thing. Um also the the this puppet in particular a pig in a police uniform. I mean, it serves a very specific thematic point. So I yeah. think, yeah, <laughs> you know, it had to be something different than from Billy for that purpose. Um, so, you know, yeah, I really liked our, our new Mr. Snuggles, the, the new mascot of the Saul franchise. You know, I, I wish I lived somewhere where we got to see Mr. Snuggles inflated to 25 stories tall or whatever. Um, <laughs> yes, the, apparently the there was the film. a giant blow up Mr. Snuggles somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah. Hey, where do you think this movie's set? Oh, well, I feel like this movie is the first one to just be blatantly like, we're not telling you where this is set. Yeah. Because <laughs> like all the other ones, they were just like, they made like kind of avoided showing you any logos or anything. And like any time that you did catch a glimpse of something like it would be revealed as like completely vague and you couldn't tell anything. This was like the first time where they were showing like every police crest and like the front of the building and stuff. And it would still say like metropolitan police department. So like, yeah, okay. I mean, so we really don't know where this is set. They definitely wanted their So like their definite overall vibe is like, anywhere big city usa um it's obviously the usa i think that i mean even though it was filmed in canada i think um it's very obviously set in the u.s um but i you know i do think it was like intentionally big but for some reason i kept getting like i was like oh this is chicago like the whole time i was watching it I was like this is definitely in chicago and i don't know why i thought it was in chicago because like the, the, the backdrop of this movie is that it's so hot during the summer that there are rolling blackouts across the city, which mm -hmm. is more like L.A. or New York than yeah. Chicago. Um, yeah. So I, you know, but for some reason in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, it's totally Chicago. But it's like definitely not Chicago. But I can't get the like, I don't know why the association is there in my mind. But now that it, I got it there, it like won't leave. But I do think but it's more L.A. Yeah, the whole rolling blackout thing as well uh, was like another very film noir element. I feel like there's yes. always like they always make a point in like a, a film noir of being like it's a record heat wave and like things are like heating up out here. Um, and yeah, I don't that's think it's a very it, big film noir thing. Is did it, it like, ever even like figure into the plot? Like I don't think there was ever even a major blackout that affected the plot it was just like something they mentioned it doesn't affect the plot that way i think it affects the overall like it's supposed to i mean it we sort of see it you know the characters are definitely behaving like they're hot at times they're like oh yeah, yeah. um but we, it also i think it's supposed to add to the overall feel of just like desperation among the police force because like when there are blackouts crime inherently is gonna spike and so they're all supposed to be like sort of like you know pulled in every direction while this is happening. So like the, the killer is striking when they're already all overworked and overstressed from the, like, just like summertime is already tends to be higher crime and then holidays. Yeah. So 4th of July is higher crime. And then also you've got rolling blackouts. So again, higher crime, like, you know, that's, these are all things that would like lead to like an overworked police force. And so I think that's sort of just like the backdrop we're going into it with is that they're all like really desperate, and so once the killer is like starting to pick them off, it's like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> um, so. 
Yeah. I think that's the vibe. And again, I do think the heat is just also, again, a nod to some some film noir. That's definitely, especially like neo-noir, did a lot of like really, really hot backdrop like settings. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of that in neo-noir was because there's also like a, a psychosexual undercurrent to a lot of those, which is not present in this. But <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> not, not the sexiest movie, this yeah, one. Yeah. Um. Saw is still thankfully devoid of sexiness. I will say that. So... Um, they're like some of the saw people online are going to be mad at you for saying that, but you know, okay. I'm um, not saying anything about Max Mangella or Marisol Nichols though. You know, they are, <laughs> they have plenty of sex appeal. This movie does not hone that. Um, <laughs> Chris Rock too, maybe. I don't really know. Um, Samuel L. Jackson did once, um, you know, they, they, they could, but they don't, they don't use that. That's not Saul's purpose. And Saul is has blessedly kept that from us. Like it, I'm just telling, I'm just saying that you know, there's people out there who are like thirsting after Tobin Bell. Uh, those so, people <laughs> should be seeing a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy, God All love right. them, but you know, you probably shouldn't be thirsting after the Jigsaw Killer. So maybe we, not. We, we I need don't to know. calm down about that. One. <laughs> um, I say that, but you know, there's big. You know, I'll no comment because I'll spoil the jigsaw killer here. But yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so uh, let's talk about the next big trap. Um, That's the fingers, the, right? The Chinese finger trap. Is that what we're calling it? Because <laughs> uh, they they look like those those Chinese finger traps. Anyway, the like so this guy who was um, one of the detectives, of course. Um, and who, um, like he found out, uh, something about the guy that the first detective was chasing on 4th of July, yeah. um, when he was off, like doing, like pulling su- surveillance footage from a convenience store, but rather than be, like, this is where part of like why everyone hates Chris Rock plays into this, like rather than go like give it to Chris Rock, he was just like, oh, I'm going to run this guy down myself. And he goes to where like this known meth head is known to hang out. And when he goes to like uncover him on the, on the mattress, it's just a pig mask instead. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like the loud pig squeals like, yes, saw we're back, baby. (laughs) We got pig squealing. Um, Yeah. yeah, Pigs definitely factor heavily into this movie. It's interesting. um, Pigs obviously factor heavily into saw period. But pigs really make a big comeback here after sort of being on the back burner for a while. Um, That's true. And it's just, again, it's just very pointed that pigs make a comeback in the movie that's explicitly about um, how, you know, cops suck. Um, Oh, yeah. It's just like, okay, we're doing this. We're really going full in on the pig pig vibe. Um, So... We definitely also get like the the Chinese imagery as well. Like they they're eating like Chinese food, uh, both in that one scene and the there's the Chinese food in the scene where the killer is revealed. Yeah, that uh, sort of that also goes back to the man. There's so much so many connections to like noir, um, and a lot of that comes back to think about like how many noir films there are. They're like at some point they're like, we're going to Chinatown. Like it's like every single one for, from a certain era. I mean, there's even one whole movie that's all about Chinatown, right? Yes. Uh, Very famously, um, which is unfortunately one of the best films that has ever (laughs) been committed to film, um, which is a a good one. 
It's a really, really great one. Used to be my favorite movie. Unfortunately, you know, really don't like to even name the director because I don't want to promote him. Um, So, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, but of course we must accept that sometimes bad people exist um, and they put out things that are good. Um, But anyway, um, you know, so I think that also sort of goes back to that, right? Like it's that same, like, just like sort of a lot of nods to that, to those traditions of noir and neo-noir. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but also, also like all the Chinese New Year stuff from the earlier yeah. saw installments, and mm-hmm. like the pig, the pig imagery being like uh, tied into that. Yes. Retroactively. Um, yes. So yeah. Anyway, so like while he's looking at the pig mask, of course, another guy uh, sneaks up behind him, and he gets uh, uh, what chloroformed or whatever, yeah. and then he wakes up in this trap. Which is my favorite one of this movie. I uh, think it's pretty safe to say that this is like the central trap set piece. This, I think, I think there's no argument about that. <laughs> like, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So he's got like these these long metal like mesh things tied around each of his fingers. They're like attached to this contraption that you can't really see just yet. And then he's got like a like a mask, kind of reminiscent of the reverse bear trap on his head, but it's just got like these two little rods in his mouth that he can clamp down on. Uh, And he's in like a big tub of water. Yes. And the like, and he's in this trap because uh, supposedly he, he shot some guy who just like flipped him off at a traffic stop. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets like shown the video of it as part of his saw tape. Right. Um, welcome to your tape. Yes. And uh, so like what he has to do is he has to like it, when he clamps down on this thing, the like the motor spins that pulls these metal mesh things with his fingers. Uh, and then eventually like they'll pull his fingers off and he has to do that before the level of the water rises to hit this wire that will electrocute him. Yes. Very simple, straightforward uh, principle. Classic saw. Say, like like all of the best saw traps, it's like pretty pretty straightforward. There's no like weird. You don't have to do like seventeen different things. You're not pulling a key out of somebody's throat while they don't scream. You know, we're not doing any of that crazy <laughs> shit. Um, that would be crazy if they uh, had just that. Just be insane. Um, you're not. You're not pulling your back off of a super glued car seat. <laughs> um yeah so you know they you know it's one of it's i think that's what makes a lot of the traps effective here is that they're pretty like easily understood even if they definitely require a lot of setup um they're like pretty like okay we get it we don't there's not a lot that goes into like how this works i don't have to think about it it's like this is inherently i get why this would suck i get what this does we can we can just watch um (laughs) yeah so um so then, yeah, you get to see this guy like pulling his fingers off. Uh, right. It's pretty, pretty gruesome and graphic. Uh, I really like the editing in this scene because I feel like they showed you like just enough to really sicken you without becoming like desensitized to it. Yes. So uh, yeah, it was really effective. This was this was brutal. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Um, and we don't like this guy. I just want to be clear that this character. No. He, like, not only is he, like, 
he's obviously done some bad shit in the past. He he ignored a call from Chris Rock, and that and Chris Rock got shot in the process of this guy ignoring a call from him, like because Chris Rock wanted backup, and this guy just ignored it, and that led to Chris Rock getting shot. So you know we have there's like personal stakes for disliking this guy, yeah, because <laughs> like, he like directly caused our protagonist to get shot. Um, yeah so. <laughs> and i really did like the interplay between like the saw tapes which would tell them like what they did wrong and also like chris rock's character's flashbacks which would show like his relationship to them right. and where like what what he saw them do on the force and like right. how how like his relationship to them changed like he knew that this guy never had his back right and but he's still like pissed off that this is happening and um, this guy does a pretty good job with this trap. I mean, like he he's pretty like from the get go, ready to clamp down and pull his fingers off. He's just not quite fast enough about it. Like uh, I can see why it's pretty it's pretty tough to watch. Like I think some of the some of the worst gore that can happen in movies is not when somebody's just like impaled quickly. It's like that slow stretching of the skin and like. Yeah. I don't like that. The, you, and that's a lot of this sequence. And so it's like very rough. And so I can't blame him. If it <laughs> no. If it were like for me, if it were me, I could fi- see myself having trouble with this. But like if it, if it were just like a simple like I press a button and it's going to chop all of my fingers off in an instant, I could do that. But like I don't know right. if I could do this like slow dragging off of my fingers. Yeah, like, that's that part is much harder. You have to con- keep pressing down while it's causing you it. pain. Yeah. Like it's like you know, it, again, if it were just like press the button, blade comes down, they're gone. Totally, I could totally do that. It would suck, but I could do it. Um, just because I wouldn't have time to think about it once I pressed it. Um, once if if it's like this slow dragging out process, I have time to rethink and stop doing it. And the more times you do that. At a certain point, you've done it too many times and you can't make up that lost time and you're dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so he just runs out of time. Um, again, like it seems like there was just barely enough time to do it. So like, again, I mean, this some killer... of that might be editing, but yeah. 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 Um, this killer is giving you limited time to work with. Yeah. You got to make um, your liver die, make your choice and make it fast. Like, yeah, we're not fucking around here. In a damn hurry. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's also worth mentioning that like both for this kill and the previous one, the, um, the person's like missing body parts get discovered, uh, along with their badge. Yes. At, at like some important scene. Like in the first one, it was at the courthouse. Cause the guy always lied at the courthouse. Yeah. And the second one, it was at the spot along the road where he shot that guy. Yes. Um, and it had his fingers and his badge and also like an entire dead pig. Yes. It in did this have car. a, they, <laughs> the jigsaw killer went back to the, the factory from saw three. Um, the get, oh, get no. meat packing. Um, get meat packing. Um, so got one of those, one of those pigs, one of the ones that didn't get blended up, um, uh, into it, uh. into the, the pig slurp juice. Um, Gross! You you really had to had to say slurp juice in you. <laughs> I did have to say slurp uh, juice. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, um, good trap. Very fun visually. I, I like those uh, those little finger cuff things are like very cool looking. Yeah. Uh, definitely gonna be memorable. Yes. 
And then there's the the trap that isn't really a trap. Oh my gosh! This <laughs> in this yeah. one, we're talking uh, about the, the third one, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So Chris Rock's partner, played by Max Minjella. Oh, um, this one, this one. Okay, yeah, this isn't even a trap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm saying it's not even really a trap. Um, but um, yeah. So so Chris Rock's partner is like the the new rookie at the detective department. And he's like uh, at the detective, the homicide department. Is that um, so? And like he just gets assigned to him. It's you know, it's a classic, again, film noir type relationship. The new rookie, the old veteran, um, and like he goes missing at one point, and then they find um, they find at this meat packing plant. I guess uh, like a butcher's. I think it's a uh, butcher. I don't think it's a meat packing yeah. plant. If it were a meat packing plant, they would have had to explicitly call it Gideon just because. Um. <laughs> yeah. So they find at this butcher, they they find him there like like skinned apparently, but you don't get to see very much of it happening. There's just like these brief flashbacks. Um, and it's unclear what his, like if there was a trap or if like the killer just killed him. He straight up um, murdered him. <laughs> we don't really get to see much of that. Right. Yeah, it's really a shame. We see none of that. I have no idea what happened there. Um, yeah, and that was kind of strange seeing that. Um, we, so unclear why that we, was. We we only know. So the detective, our Chris Rock, find th- decides that it's him because of a of a tattoo on his arm, which is of um of uh, Charlie. Charlie, yeah, which is his son's name. Um, so, yeah. yeah, Charlie. Oh God, I'm lost. Um. Yeah, so that's the third. It's not even a trap. It's just a, a death sequence. It's a, a scene because we don't see the trap. Yeah, um, and and he gets the um, the skin that says Charlie in a box along with uh, the puppet. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty Stuggles. upsetting. That's pretty yeah. alarming. Um, and he uh, is that the one that has the note that's like, while you're out like looking for the next body, I'll take your head. Yes. Uh, uh, well, that comes soon. Is that this scene? Is it that one? I know it's it's not long after this. Um, That's one of the notes that yeah, gets delivered yes. to the police department. But yes. anyway, so the next trap is like while Chris Rock is out um, investigating this claim that a police officer was attacked by a guy wearing a pig mask. Um Apparently, during that time, the police chief gets taken by the killer. Yes, uh, and it's in the base, like the uh, the cold case file section in the basement of the police precinct when this yes. is happening. Yes. Um, and and this trap is that like she's lying on this table with like a cloth over her face. And there's like hot wax dripping on her face and she has to sever her spine on this sharp, like knife like thing under her neck uh, to stop the wax from dripping and like burning her to death. Yeah. You know what? This is like, this is like the first, like, I just don't think a human could do this. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure that a person could physically push themselves down because she's like restrained. Like, so like she has very she can't like lift herself up and like throw herself full force back or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
So, like, she has very little room to work with. I literally don't think she could have won this. Um, Possibly not. And she's, like, trying. Like, you see her, like, digging the thing into her skin. Um, But, like, I just don't know how she was supposed to win this. Because it doesn't seem like that's really a thing that she could do. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It definitely seems like it would be pretty difficult to dig in with that amount of force yeah, while you're restrained. Right. Um, it was just a little weird trap. It should have been something that like she could press a button and something would, you know, clip it for her. But yeah, I'll, I did like the, the line in the tape that was like, you can't walk away from this, but you can survive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was trick a, tr- a little bit of wordplay there. Well, well. Jigsaw, he does a few of the, he does, they, there's a little bit of wordplay in, in their tapes this time. Um, yeah. Get, trying to get clever. Jigsaw's getting, getting clever again. Yeah. So, uh, like, Chris Rock, like, figures this out that, like, the, the language in the letter, like, I'll take your head, means that they're going to take the head of the department or the police chief. And so they're... Like he's he's racing back to the precinct while all this is happening, but he is too late, and they have to like, uh, like unlock the room that she's in, and they get in there, and she's just like her face is all covered in wax, and she's like burned up. Right, uh, she's very much dead. <laughs> she is deceased, and that that scene where he was peeling off the wax was pretty gruesome yeah it's pretty gross that's <laughs> like oh don't do that no. <laughs> right <laughs> right right um, um yeah yes. so that's she's a, dead she's dead um and that is the last trap before well no, no that's no, not no, the last no. yeah okay okay yeah so um yeah so chris rock gets gets kidnapped by the saw killer and wakes up like handcuffed to this is this is like not really a trap but he wakes up handcuffed to a pipe and yes. he's got like the the hacksaw next to him like it's yes. saw one again yes and this is the first time in the movie where you hear like hello zep music start yes. playing yes. and like that moment there was just like oh my god <laughs> We're back. We're yeah, throwing that, it back. Yeah, that, there's it, that's like just like a direct nod um, to the to the movies. Obviously, he does not have to use that hacksaw to um, saw off his limbs or anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no need for all of that. So, yeah, that was he, just he, a jigsaw killer making a little homage to the OG. Yeah, he's just he's just throwing it back. He's he's just messing with Chris Rock a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, like he's trying to saw through the handcuffs, and then he sees that like right near his feet there's uh, like a bobby pin, and he uses that to pick the handcuffs. And it's like okay, so he clearly he wanted him to escape from this, right? But he just wanted to mess with him a little, right? Um, but then he's in this room with uh, the guy who he got kicked off the force for killing this witness. Yeah, and to be uh, clear, it's it's this is the guy that Chris Rock ratted out. This is yes. this is um, <laughs> Chris yeah. Rock saw it happen, or not saw it, but he it was very clear what happened. Um, and he snitched on him. And, I mean, snitched is the wrong word because he did the right thing. But <laughs> yeah, um, 
so yeah, it, it was shown to us before that like um, basically the this this cop went to ask this witness if he was willing to testify against another cop that he like was seen throwing somebody off a building. And the guy said he was. And when he did say that, he shot him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I just want to make sure you are before I kill you. And Chris Rock was like, no, like the, the guy tried to say like, oh, the witness, he, he pulled a gun on me. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> so he knew right away what was going on and he turned him in. Um, and so this guy's been like, he's been off the force for years, but there's, um, there's like some suspicions that he could be involved with this because his badge was the one used to log in to the security system and delete some of the footage of the, uh, the, of the, uh, the killing that happened in the, uh, in the evidence room. Right. And so, um, but here he is and he, he's in his own saw trap this time. Yes. And this one is like, he's just like chained standing up in the middle of the room. And, um, this like conveyor belt starts up that starts like flinging broken glass bottles at him. Yes. It's like, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even sure how this works or what machine is doing this, well, but it's well, just like it's a, this it's glass, like a glass crusher. Um, and then the glass crusher somehow, I, I don't know if it's like a fan or what, but it's just like blowing. It's like throwing it directly at him after it crushes it. The glass Big crusher. Chunks of glass. Yeah. The glass crusher part I get, I don't really understand how it's being thrown at him afterwards. Um, yeah, but it is, it's just like hurling this glass at, at this man. Um, which, you know, is not pleasant. (laughs) Yeah. And then like Chris Rock has to decide whether to help him or not. And he tries and he's like using this trash can to like block the glass. Um, the trash can is where like the key to the, the guy's change is hidden. But like by the time he gets the thing unlocked, uh, like the other guy is just completely shredded. Hey, does he Uh, drop the key? Does he drop it? Do we get a key drop? Ooh, ooh, I think he got, I'm going to have to go see it a third time just to make sure when we get a key drop because I think he might. I think he does. I think he drops the key at one point, Um, but I can't remember for sure. But yeah. There's always got to be a key drop. There's always a key drop in a Saw movie. It's not a Saw movie if there's not a key drop. Um, Yeah. So this trap, this trap is pretty brutal. Um, This is probably my second favorite. Um, Yeah. I thought I like, was... how, I like how the two most brutal ones are definitely like the people who deserve it the most. <laughs> yeah. These two, these um, two, those two dudes suck. This guy and the Chinese finger trap guy, these, those mm-hmm. dudes suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, as soon as this thing started up, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be bad. Like anytime you hear like this loud whirring sound and then like you start seeing like the glass bottles traveling across the conveyor belt, like, Oh fuck, this could be bad. It like, it had vibes of the beginning of the pig vat <laughs> trap. It did have, and you know, it did because it's, um, part of it is because like the, the premise of the trap is like this guy can save, you know, him, right? Like, right. Yeah. That is know, similar. Um, the vibe is very similar. Although in this one, Chris rock in saving him, it necessarily injures himself. Like you're, you have to go into the line of fire of all this glass. Yeah. So he gets a lot of glass, like in his face and stuck in his arms. Yeah. So, and it, stuff. so it's kind of, it's kind of like the crucifix in 
Saw 3 in, a, oh, in yeah. some ways, like where, you know, the, pr- the premise is you're going to shoot yourself in order to save this guy. Um, um, although he doesn't necessarily have to get that heavily injured. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was like, you weren't going to walk away unscathed if you actually decided to help him. Um, yeah. So I also thought it was like thematic that this guy who like we'd seen, like after he got kicked off the force, he was like an alcoholic and now he's like uh, uh, an AA sponsor, yeah. whatever. And he's getting like, like broken glass thrown at him. Right. And like he, he had a, a quote before about like the glass will get you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like the bottle in the glass. Yes. Um, yeah. I think, I think that was intentional. I think that the fact that he was getting prop, he was probably getting like liquor and beer bottles thrown at him. So, yeah. Um, you know, maybe wine bottles too. I don't know. Um, <laughs> could be, yeah. could be, could be anything. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a good point. And I think that was uh, pointed. Um, needless to say, because this is a Saw movie, Chris Rock is unsuccessful. Um, this guy gets pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, he has a bad go of it. Very bloody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, Chris Rock wanders down the stairway to hell. Yes. <laughs> but it was shown in many of the trailers and like the promotional images yes. that like nice spiral staircase, which again, uh, very, fitting for the name of the I also movie. like how this is like a warehouse and it's like I don't know what fucking warehouse has like an architecturally designed fucking spiral <laughs> staircase on it. Yes, um, this very beautiful staircase in the middle. Warehouses are like brutalism like full like that's all they are. Like they're Well not- this was like a brutalism a type bit, yeah, element yeah. but like a, a very architecturally sound one yes. rather than a just like This wasn't like purely commercial form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, or function. Yeah. yeah, warehouses are typically all function, no form. This uh, this staircase was like this was like the staircase, like it was like a warehouse. Clearly, at one point, designed to like give tours to like fourth grade classes or something. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you know, um, who knows what they did here? I guess they did something with glass bottles. Yeah, um, you don't have a glass like crusher on your premises if you don't work in glass. Well, they, um, they mentioned like when when they call the police to the scene later, they mention like what kind of old factory it is, but I I can't remember. All yeah. I know is it's not a mannequin factory because um, it is not. A yeah. It's factory. something new for the Saw universe. Like not a not a mannequin factory, not a meat packing plant, not an abandoned zoo. Uh, <laughs> I love I love adding to our list of locales in Saw. Um, Because I also think this has to be the same city as the Saw movies were initially set in. Um, Just because everybody's like, is this a Jigsaw copycat? Like, it's all like, oh, they all feel like they know the horrors of the Jigsaw killings, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like it definitely has to be the same place. Um, So, again, just like to think about the different fucking settings that exist in this one town from hell, um, where, like, (laughs) there's, like, an abandoned everything. Everything um, is abandoned all the time. That the recession, baby. Um, so, you know, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he wanders down this this staircase and he finds his partner, Detective William Shank. William Shank, 
is alive. Is alive. <laughs> Very much alive. And he's just like, it's so matter of fact the way they reveal this. Yeah. Um, he's just like, he, he goes down there and like he's standing there and like you as the audience get to see him standing there before uh, Chris Rock does. Yes. Because um, like he just like sort of wanders in and he's looking around and then he sees him over there. He's just like, you. Yes. It should be clear that at this point we're pretty down to to two characters being the killer. Like you, you, I think it's personally very hard not to think it was William Shank at this point. Um, but I think yeah. the movie has also offered that Samuel L. Jackson might be the killer. Uh, yeah. The movie has offered that as a premise. Yeah. So um, Samuel L. Jackson's character is Chris Rock's dad. Yes. Um, and he's like, he's the former police chief. Um, and um, you get to see inside his apartment at one point, and there's like just a lot of like tools and stuff lying around. And I think that's like supposed to be like a red herring yes. that like, oh, maybe he's like setting all this stuff up because whenever you see tools, you think, oh, it's a, it's a jigsaw killer. Whenever you see fucking tools, you know, <laughs> you found a fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, yeah, but it's it's Detective Shank. Yeah. Uh, and he reveals that like he was the son of the that witness that got killed. Yes. That uh like the Chris Rock's partner killed yes. uh that guy. The guy and with then, the glass. The guy with the glass. <laughs> yeah. And then and like and he was watching from the bedroom and he saw like Chris Rock come in and like like discover what was going on. And so like he's plotted like all this time to like to become his partner and like work at the police department and then pull off these murders um, because he wanted to recruit Chris Rock to help him with these things, like help him clean up the police force. And he says like that the, the spiral, the part that inspired him from John Kramer is like the spiral, which is a symbol of change. And he believes that he can be an agent of change in cleaning up the police department. Yes. Um, I think, listen, William Shank has a very, so William Shank believes a cab. Get it. Totally get it. Um, and I think it's at some point, I think it's very interesting that this movie technically was conceived and filmed and everything and created before 2020, um, just based on, you know, the thing, the, the events that transpired in the U United States of America in 2020, this movie yeah. does sort of feel like it actually came after that in a lot of ways. Um, so it's very interesting that it didn't. However, William Shank, <laughs> William Shank really thinks that if you start killing cops, they might start to fall in line have you paid attention to the history of the United States of America? You know what they do? They start killing more. That's what the cops do when they feel threatened. They actually just start killing more people. So I don't know what you were up to, William Shank, but that was a misguided fucking yeah. plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, um, obviously, I don't support murder. So, you know, I think that, you know, to say misguided is obviously, you know, maybe an understatement. But like. You know, he, you know, saying the cops were corrupt and needed cleaning up. You know what? With you, with you, with you. To say you need to start murdering them, not so with you. To say that yeah. if you start murdering them, they'll clean themselves up, really not fucking with you. Like, I just, <laughs> I paid attention. I know. They don't do that. They feel no. threatened. They get backed into a corner. And they'll, where they previously only shot two people over the course of their career, now they're shooting two people every fucking week. So, like, 
I, you know, it's just like an insane plan. It like, yeah. It's like, this he's is not understandably, work. <laughs> He's understandably a bit unhinged. Yes. <laughs> and not entirely realistic in his plans. But he, he, like, he tries to get Detective Banks, who's Chris Rock's character. Yes. Got to mention his character name at least one time. Yes. We can go back to calling Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, he tries to get Detective Banks on his side here. And at least for a while, Banks is willing to play along with him. He's just like, okay, yeah, I'll join you. Because, you know, he says, like, you're the only one on the force who's, like, willing to do the right thing. Um, and who knows, like, how badly this department needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll help you. And then Shank... uh calls the police and fires off a gun several times and said like, yeah, there's this crazy guy at the warehouse downtown firing yep. off a gun. Yep. Got to come here quick. So yes. now there's like, there's a ticking clock as the cops are about to show up. And then he takes him to see his dad, Samuel L. Jackson, um, who he kidnapped earlier um, by steal, like borrowing, uh, Detective Banks's phone and using it to text him, like say, like, "Hey, check out this lead downtown." And um, yeah, <laughs> so Samuel Jackson is in this trap, like where he's he's in like this metal kind of cage thing around all of his limbs, and he's like suspended from the ceiling, and there's like IV lines in his arms and legs, and they're draining his blood out into these jars on the floor yeah it's like an insane degree of <laughs> and like i think we should note that at this point we know that samuel L. jackson has been captive for like a few days um, yeah he he went missing like early in the movie yeah and um, so um well we don't really know that he went missing early in the movie we just haven't seen him uh, right but yeah um yeah, I, I think it's like he's been sitting there just like slowly having his blood drained this whole time. <laughs> um, that's too bad for him, you know? Yeah, it's it's a rough place to be. And um, and Shank is like, um, it was like the human body contains a gallon and a half of blood. I'm like, oh, boy, I, I love hearing about how much blood is in the human body. Yeah. I feel like we've heard so <laughs> So much of that is in Saul. <laughs> Saul really loves to do that. It's like, oh yeah, this is exactly how much blood is in the human body. This is how much you can lose. This is how long it'll take. And it's like, okay, we got to chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know way too much about this. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, he's like, your your dad is going to bleed out unless you release him quickly from this trap. And like the only way to do it is to shoot this target at the top of the trap. But you've only got one bullet in this gun so you can either free your dad from this trap and prove that you're with me or you can just shoot me right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's supposed to be like his ultimate test of like whether he's on board with uh, joining in with his new jigsaw killings. Yes. Yes. That's that's like it. You know, he, he re you know, I think the problem with William Shank is that he suffers from having seen too many Saw movies. And so <laughs> he thinks that every person on the planet can, with the slightest nudge, become a serial killer. 
And now he, yeah. he realizes that he's up against the Chris Rock killer or Chris Rock character, which is not true. It's just not true for him. He can't just become a serial killer. Um, yeah. We're, we're in a new era, William Shank. You're still living in the tw- 2000s. We're in the 2020s now. <laughs> so it's it's different. Things are different now. You can't just like nudge somebody and they'll be like, you know what? I do want to start forcing people to cut off their own limbs. I do. Um, th- I get it. That was the case for seven movies, eight movies. Um, it's not the case anymore. It's, you know... We, we people yeah. have come a long ways since the soft. <laughs> I don't think anyone was willing to become a serial killer in the mid two thousands either. But no, but in the Saw <laughs> movies they were. Um, <laughs> there That's is, true. The Saw movies, it's like every other person you meet, it's like, well, if you catch them on a bad day and give them the chance, they might start murdering people. We don't know, but they could. So That's true. Um, it is remarkably easy to recruit people in those movies. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. So like there's a big confrontation here, obviously Chris rocks going very back and forth because he wants to shoot shank. Yes. But he can't like, cause he has to save his dad. And meanwhile, uh, Samuel Jackson is just being like, shoot this piece of shit. He's like, shoot this motherfucker. I like I was like, thank you, Samuel Jackson. These are all like classic Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I, like, I swear I've literally heard him say shoot this piece of shit before. Yes. He he Samuel L. Jackson really gave us classic Samuel L. Jackson in this, and I really appreciated that from him. Um and he's like hanging up there, dripping blood, and and Mac or Max Magella. William Shank is like, he's only got a few minutes to live. And I'm like, if he's so low on blood that he's about to die. He's got some energy for yeah. that. Um, <laughs> He's really got a lot of uh, say, a lot of spunk left in him for a guy about to bleed out. I've had iron deficiency anemia, which means I was low on red blood cells, and my energy levels. I couldn't have done what he was doing. I would have been. I was like, <laughs> uh, uh-uh, uh, I got to go back to bed at all times. Um, so this guy is like about to be fully bled out, and he's just like still yelling, and I'm like, all right. We're doing well. Things are normal. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think poor, you know, I was going to say poor Samuel Jackson. Unfortunately, his character is kind of a piece of shit. Um, yeah. You see, and that that's an overall theme with a lot of these characters is that a lot of them are pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, so his character was the former police chief. And under his, uh, like during his time in office, like he oversaw a lot of abuse of power. They were using something they call section eight, which is very vaguely defined in this film, but what it's like, I guess some sort of uh, jurisdiction under which they can, like the police can use excessive force and like do whatever they can, can to clean up crime. Um, And he claims that like climb, he claims that crime dropped an all time low as a result, but also, um supposedly there was a lot of um of abuse of power as a result as well i mean anytime a cop claims that crime has dropped to an all-time low you probably need to take a grain of salt which uh, you know this would have included um shank's dad getting killed as well right yes he definitely helped cover that up um so you know he's not a good guy he's he, you know he sucks um and he is the guy who started it all. Remember um, a key line 
from Shank is, you know, I really got, he's like talking about why he started being a detective. He's like, you know, it all started with your dad. And it, it did. Yeah. It did all start with, with Chris Rock's dad because he covered up the, the murder of William Shank's father. Um, yeah, the scene where he's revealed to be the killer is like classic Saw. You get all these flashbacks to stuff we were told before that like all fits together now. Like he, him saying like, I've been waiting for this since I was 12 years old. And like this all started with your dad and stuff like that. That otherwise like made sense in context, but now like makes so much more sense. Yeah, I think I think this is where the, the reveal starts to actually get better. So like the, the initial reveal that it's William Shank, it's like, okay, duh. Um, yeah, because like that that trap or death scene of his was like it was so vague, it was so obviously it was like, very clear they didn't want to show us yeah. a lot of it. It was very clear he wasn't dead, so like it was like he's either in on it or he's like a victim that will be revealed later in full. Like you know, like it, it was just very clear that he wasn't dead, and so it, it sort of made it put a finger, pointed a finger right at him um, yeah. by default. Um, but the the reveal of like how he went through it all, and then the reveal of his like escape plan, no matter what Chris Rock does, is also pretty good. Um, so yeah. you know, I, I think that's where it sort of makes up for the the sort of underwhelming initial reveal. Yes, and then the the final reveal is what really I think puts the cherry on the Sunday here. Um, so Chris Rock decides to shoot the target and free his dad. His dad like falls to the ground, like the, like the needles come out of him, but he's still like in this sort of like cage like device thing that surrounds all of his limbs. Right, um, he, I mean, point, he was I being was like, held up by other things. He wasn't being held up by the IVs. So <laughs> yeah. And at this point I was like, Oh, like he, but he's still in that thing. I bet yeah. that thing still does something. Yeah. And like Chris rock starts trying to try to beat up, um shank and meanwhile the police have finally arrived and they're like they're cutting through the door and they're like they've got their guns and they're yelling like everybody stop whatever and um they cut through this wire that's uh like attached from the door to the device that uh samuel jackson is in and as they break in like this the device like pulls him up like a marionette. Yes. And I think it's very important that it's like a marionette. <laughs> yes. Like a marionette. And they're all like yelling, like everybody get down, get down. Like, and Chris Rock's like dropping to his feet with his hand behind his head. But like Samuel Jackson's trapped in this contraption and the thing, like it like has like a little gun looking thing attached to it. And it raises his arm up just, and they're all like, he's got a gun, put it down, put it down. And like, no, no, no. And, and so, and like all the cops, the, the whole SWAT team just starts shooting at him yep. and just riddling him with bullets as he's just like trapped in this device that makes it look like he's about to shoot them. Meanwhile, Shank sneaks out the classic, uh, like hidden elevator in the back. Yeah. That's uh, another, saw mainstay so yes. that's, that was good to see the the hidden elevator return yeah and and like he as he's going down chris rock is like looking over him and shank gives him like a little shush motion which is what he saw chris rock do when he showed up at like the scene of his dad's murder right and that's like his sign off and it's it's such a great ending like it's got like all the yelling and the no and like yeah. oh 
my god and that big twist ending right there yep classic saw yeah yeah uh, Big so I think that fan. was that was the bit that really took it to the top for me. Yeah, I think that part was really, really good. I really liked how the end ultimately came together. I thought it, it was really well done. I thought it was the twist was effective. I liked that Max Mangella's character was smart and got away. And, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, he's a bad guy. I don't like that he got away. But like, you yeah. know, uh, in he's movie. interesting. Yeah. He's an interesting villain. I yeah. uh, like that he got his own like little sign off where we had like game over and I speak for the dead previously. He just has the shush motion <laughs> as he gets away. It's like it's like a basketball player type thing to do. <laughs> I speak for the dead. Kill me. Uh, <laughs> um, um, I yeah. like that um, that Samuel Jackson in the like the marionette trap, his motion like mirrored that that we saw the pig puppet do yeah. earlier in the video. Yes, um, I think that's intentional. I think that's yes. very yeah pointed. Definitely, they show us that um, at the end as well. I thought yeah. the overall puppet imagery of Samuel L. Jackson was pretty intentional. I thought, um, like. You know, just like on a thematic level, you know, there's this idea that he as the police, you know, captain was like responsible for a lot of things like the the corruption and stuff like that. But on a certain degree, he's just like a puppet of a larger problem that's systematic, like systemic. And and it's just part of the institution. There's no like, you know, it's not just him, basically, is the point. Like, it, you know, yeah, it's everybody. It's other police forces. It's not just this police force in Nowheresville, USA, which is another reason that it's important that they don't name the city in this one, that they make it very vague because it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be like, this is actually not just the police force. And this is not just the NYPD. This is also the LAPD. This is the CPD. This is the DCPD. I don't know what they call themselves. Um, You know, this is a widespread issue. Yeah. Systemic. Yeah. And um, I like that in a series where obviously we've gotten a lot of puppet imagery, we finally had a trap that like actually use somebody as a human puppet. Yes. And also that it used the police force as the method of execution. Uh, sort of a homicide by cop. Homicide, right there. Well, homicide by cop is an all too uh, common occurrence. Um, yeah. But yes, I agree. I do think that was really good. I, I think like it a was a third party. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting that it was homicide by cop and it was like using a cop as a human puppet. Whereas like there's a lot of situations in which, one could argue that cops use other people as human puppets all the time. You know, they're like, Oh, well I couldn't, I had to shoot them because they were maybe going to shoot me. And you know, you know, they're, they're just sort of like deflecting all blame off and like, and still you put them in a situation where they're likely to get shot. Right. And they, 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 exactly. They, 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 they basically project a lot of, you know, they force the public to project a lot of things onto these people that they kill. Right. Like that's what, that's what the cops in this movie do, right? They, they, these people that they've killed, they're like, oh, well, they were probably dangerous, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, they're basically using them as puppets. They're like instilling them with whatever they want the public to perceive of them so that they walk away scot free. They, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just like, it's interesting that that's when we get the, uh, like, a human puppet trap, it, that it's a police captain, and then the police captain is then killed by cops who, are also sort of being puppeted by Max Mangella's character. Like he's playing them. So like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a very interesting entire premise. Um, I think it's really good. I really, I really enjoyed the final sort of climactic sequence here. I thought it was really, really well done. Even if I do agree with 
to go back to our earlier point, the ending is a bit rushed. The, the third act could have used more time. Uh, yeah. So. So, yeah, let's get into that a bit now that we've we've covered all the main mechanics of this movie. Um, yeah, I, I think that like the, my biggest problem with it was that it felt like once we got to the third act, which I thought was started around the time that Max Mangello's character disappeared or got murdered, got his trap or whatever, things just sort of like really took off quickly and a bunch of stuff happened uh, like really quickly that might have been better served to like spend more time on. Yeah. Um, that whole, the whole sequence with um, the chief getting killed in the hospital, not the hospital, the chief getting killed in the basement. Yeah. Um, and like happened so fast and they like, um, and then Chris Rock like ran away from it so quickly yeah. to like go investigate somewhere else. Um, and then, then get himself, uh, taken and taken all of that. Um, yeah, it just, it happened very quickly and it, um, so first of all, I think that the, the part with Shank, like, like telegraphed the fact that he was the killer, or at least like we weren't seeing the whole picture because they didn't spend enough time on that. Um, and I think that was somewhat intentional because they didn't want to show too much but also somehow by showing too little they also kind of tipped their hand right i there was Um, no easy way around that i think i think the it's a tricky situation it is i think they should just should have rethought the entire premise of having him fake die in a trap like you know i think i think that was maybe just not the right it sort of makes sense i think there's like an emotional heft to so in the moment um, Chris Rock's character has just sort of like, you know, learned a lot about William Shank as a person, or so he thinks. Um, he's learned like, oh, William Shank is a somewhat newlywed, has a young child, you know, that's like his life. And, you know, so like his being dead and sort of like, he thinks it's like a revenge plot against himself, you know, um, the whole thing. And so like, he's yeah. sort of like the fact that this guy dies and possibly just to get back at Chris Rock, like, that's like a moment for Chris Rock's character. That's supposed to be like, Oh shit, what have I been doing? You know? And so I get why they wanted a moment like that, but it really does like it. I don't know. I'd be interested in like how people who don't watch every single Saw movie obsessively view that. And if they like go through it without immediately thinking, Oh, obviously this guy's still alive for me. It was like, well, it's a Saw movie. If you don't see their like, body get ripped to shreds they're still alive like right. i mean like that's <laughs> we've, just, <laughs> we've been there before certainly yeah. <laughs> so like it's just like i know that how saw the mechanics of a saw movie uh you know you just if you don't see them die they're still there um so yeah you know it's just it, yeah so it, it really it's i think there was like no real way to do that without tipping your hand to anybody who's watched like two saw movies uh, maybe if you've only ever seen the first one, you you know you won't pick up on it. But anybody else is like, oh yeah, obviously this guy's coming back. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I also feel like like even though I really did like um, like all the scenes that we did get between Chris Rock's and Max Mangello's characters, 
and I thought they had like a really good relationship they built up. I feel like we could have used a little bit more of that yeah. to like develop their relationship and it would like made that emotional impact so much greater. Yes. And not it maybe might have made it seem not so much like it was just like out of the blue, like, huh, that's fishy. Right. Like if you could have overwhelmed people with the emotional impact, distract them from the fact that, oh, this is kind of this doesn't really make sense, does it? Uh, yeah, and I also think that would have helped to give, like, the final scene some stakes where, like, Chris Rock, like, initially is like, oh, yes, I will help you be a jigsaw killer. Like, it, if their bond had been stronger going into that scene, I think that scene could have had, like, some real stakes where you briefly think, wait, is he actually going to do it? Like, I don't yeah. I don't really think that I thought that for a second here. I was like, he's obviously stalling for time. He's lying. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh and so, um, and Max Mangella is stupid for thinking he's not lying. I mean, I don't, <laughs> um, you know, or maybe Max, Max Mangella clearly wasn't stupid. He had, he had a plan A, B, and C. Like, he was ready for whatever, you know, sort of outcome happened here. Um, but, you know, still, it's like, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think they should have built up that relationship more. Also, just because I thought Max Mangella was quite good. And so oh, I would, yeah. I would have liked to see more of just his character. I thought it was a, I thought it was a, and I thought he did a really good job of like, I mean, the Max Mangella casting was good. I mean, Max Mangella doesn't have a big repertoire of acting credits. I'm a big yeah. fan because I like the social network. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I only know him really from uh, Handmaid's Tale. He's very good on that. Okay. Yeah. So I don't watch that, but, um, but I, I do believe you, um, but I really liked him in the social network back in my social network fandom days. He was like, loved him. Big fan. Um, but I do think he has a, I, I mean, he's a certain, like, it's easy to believe that he's just like the innocent rookie. Like, he, yeah. like everything about him sort of presents that way for a while. And he, he's really good at leaning into that vibe. Um, and so it's like really smart casting because in one sense, you don't suspect him until it's too obvious. You have to suspect him. Um, and But then when he is revealed as a killer, he plays as a quite convincing, like, insane murderer like yeah but i also <laughs> like that he doesn't really change that much no at the same yeah, time yeah like he's still got his same demeanor and everything it's just like all of a sudden the things he's talking about it's like oh my god like this guy is a psychopath yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um i also like that he was i mean there's amanda um but in general like jigsaw was a little bit older hoffman feels like he's not like I don't know. Max Mangella could be like my buddy that I hang out with on a weekend. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like he's like right around our age. Right. Like we could like go get, we could be getting beers with this jigsaw killer. Like <laughs> I'm probably not doing that with, like, with John Kramer. So, or like Hoffman. Um, so maybe Amanda, although I don't think Amanda would ever hang out with anybody. Um, so, you know, Amanda's just like a, broken human <laughs> amanda has no chill That's yeah, amanda, amanda has a whole other thing um but like so like it's like interesting that we actually have like a like i mean he's like a millennial it's a millennial killer he's our, <laughs> our mill- first millennial jigsaw yeah, yeah he's just like here and he's like and he's like he acts and looks and feels like a millennial like amanda might technically be a millennial too but she doesn't really like i think she's more gen x yeah but, she's a, she yeah. yeah um so and it's just interesting, and I, I think he does a really good job. And wow, it's just nice to have a killer who's not whatever his name from Jigsaw. Wow, Max Mangello was like actually like compelling. Um, um, so 
<laughs> you know, um, it is a little yeah. bit of like that, like classic, like Marvel Disney action movie thing to like put like the like the the bad guy has the good ideas but takes them too far kind of thing is like very like uh-huh. you know, you know? Um, yeah yeah it's yeah. classic that is, that is like classic marvel villain syndrome yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i, I liked his character i liked the his rapport with chris rock yeah um i would have liked to see a little more of that yes. and i thought that could have uh maybe fixed some of the pacing issues but i mean it's it's not a big complaint I, I watched it again last night and I feel like it played much better for me this time. Um, and it played really well the first time too. But last night I was just like, this rocks. Like I'm fully on board with this. Does it? It's Chris got a cool rock? vibe to it. Oh, it Chris um, rocks. It Chris rocks. It's got a great um, vibe to it where it's like, <laughs> it feels very modern, but also like a classic detective movie. Yeah. And you know, it, it hits just the right level of, respect to the early installments while doing its own thing. I agree. I love, I love that we get like touches of the old editing style and stuff, but it's also like considering it's Darren Lynn Boosman again, I feel like he actually gave this its own look like completely. It doesn't look like saw two. Yeah. This looks like a new saw movie. Yes. You know, I've been, I've been sort of, um, working through Darren Lynn Boozman's filmographies lately, um, as I'm sure you know from Snapchats and texts. Um, <laughs> yes. And so um, I actually think it's a, it's interesting. He, you know, the editing style is just sort of like him. Like he does that. And, you know, that's yes. like, he likes to do that with a lot of things. I watched The Barons recently and he, he it, it's in there. Um, you know, <laughs> he really, he really likes to do a certain thing with his editing. And I get that. Um but I do think it's it's really important to note that like this film feels like a I mean it's 2021 it feels like a 2020 movie like it, it feels like a movie that actually is taking place and filmed and, and aimed at audiences in the right year that was not necessarily the case with Jigsaw I don't really know what Jigsaw was trying to do but it wasn't right like whatever it was trying to go for it did not yeah it like the it like jigsaw felt like a movie that was like trying to update to a current sort of tone and aesthetic and it was trying so hard and didn't succeed yeah you know i Um, feel like it was trying to do the same thing really which was like strike a balance between like keeping some of the elements of the original one that people liked but also updating things but it like did the wrong thing on everything like yeah maybe like that uh, I, I wouldn't think that I'd like the movie more that didn't have Billy the puppet and didn't have John Kramer in it, but it, I feel like this one worked better maybe because of that, like that it didn't try to cling on to those elements. I think it's really important uh, that it wasn't clinging to the past of Saul while still honoring the past of Saul. Um, right. And so I, I think that really matters. And I think that, I think that's going to matter. I mean, I don't want to speak for all the fans and I've been trying to sort of stay away from like fan Twitter too much. Although you send me a lot of fan Twitter. So I, I see a lot. I of do. Tabs, um, which I very much appreciate. Um, but I, I do think that like in general, it's hard for me as a fan to not think that this is the better approach. It's, it's fucking 2021. Let's not pretend that it's still 2009. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, I, I do appreciate that it's trying to update for a different world. We, we live I mean, a lot has happened since Saw the Final Chapter, just like in all of our conceptions of the world and horror and everything. 
Yeah. Reflect it. Don't don't try to repeat the past. Um, can't repeat the past? Why, of course you can. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that, I, yeah, I just think this one, it, it really, it, it handles being in the legacy of one of the most well-known iconic horror franchises now of all time. I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that Saw is one of the biggest horror I mean, Saw is, I think, the highest grossing horror franchise now. Like, it's like... Yeah, um, we just, I think they just topped a billion with this one. Yeah, so, so like, <laughs> I mean, the only one that could possibly be up there is Halloween, maybe. Um, and that would have to be based solely on the latest Halloween, which made, like, a bazillion dollars. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know... I th- New Halloween coming soon, too. Yeah, well, 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 uh, we will cover that when it comes here. I'm very excited oh, yeah. about that. Um, so... Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just think that this one, it really knows how to approach being in that, you know, being in the legacy without being mired in the past. Like, it's like actually trying to like do something different with the legacy. And I think that's really important and interesting. Um, Yeah. Because Jigsaw did not achieve that. Jigsaw wanted to achieve that. And it like, Jigsaw stepped on a, on a rake in a farmhouse it just like stepped on it and it the rake popped up and hit it slap in the forehead like and then it got trapped in a bunch of grain and then a bunch more rakes fell down on top of it yeah well i don't even <laughs> want to talk about that trap so um i can't believe that that trap is a trap that exists in the saw franchise <laughs> um one where they get they get eaten by grain and corn um listen that was one of my more liked parts of that but it's also one of the ones that feels like i came up with it in a dream rather than actually it's literally like this movie. was like something i i had a nightmare about and so i decided to commit it to film and so like <laughs> um that was a weird choice that's like when um was it stephanie meyer who's like i dreamt twilight and so then i wrote the book and i was like mm, well you, it shows like, um, <laughs> like it feels like that. Yeah, yes. Um, like, you know, it's just like, we can't fucking do that. We can't just like, like our dreams are not just like fodder for whatever art we want to put out there. I say that as a writer, like I have to temper my fucking, I have a lot of dreams and they're not fucking normal and I'm not committing them to paper. Um, so anyway, you know, yeah. Um, yes, this was just a significant, significant improvement over jigsaw and saw the final chapter. Saw six remains, you know, superior but it was still an improvement over three four and five so i mean like this was doing really well this movie was quite good yeah Um, i I feel like this is just the line to walk when you're doing like a reboot spin-off type thing like this um and you want to make it its own thing and you're not just going for like trashy trashy throwback like like we're not talking about a friday the 13th or oh, yeah. anything like that, you know? like Yeah, what worked about this was that it had its own idea and yeah. it just put it in the world of these other movies mm-hmm. that we like. Um, and it used just enough of it to be like... I, I, I like that like the ser- the killer in this has his own motivations, his own style and everything else. He's inspired by John Kramer, but he's not trying to be John Kramer and he's not doing it for the same reasons that John Kramer did. He's his own thing, but you can still tie it in to some of the original ideas. You can, yeah. He's not punishing people for their individual actions in the same way. I mean, he he is, obviously. But, like, it's really an attempt to punish an entire, like, police force and institution. Like, it's not, you know, it's not just like, oh, you cheated on your wife who loves you very much. Um, which is, by the way, an insane thing to punish someone for. But, like, <laughs> um, 
Like, I mean, there's some very insane things yeah. that people get punished for. Yeah. In the um, like, <laughs> um, it was, it was kind of nice to like, like when you heard about the crimes people committed, it was like, you know what? That is fucked up. It was nice <laughs> to actually feel that way again, because that was not a given in the Saw movies. Um, that's true. It was nice. Not to, like to, you're married to a guy who lied about being in one of my traps. Oh my fucking God. That's like that. I mean, there are some things that even by late saw that people were being punished for things that they deserve to be punished for. I don't know if they deserve to be murder punished for them, but they deserved like, you know, they deserve some eye rolls and shit. Um, <laughs> but like one thing that nobody deserves punishment for is like the actions of your significant other that you didn't know about. Um, so yeah. that's like an insane thing. Um, what about when it's like, you stayed with your abuser too long. So, and it's like, uh, jigsaw. Oh yeah. Jigsaw. Well, <laughs> and that, that was pretty bad, Yeah, uh, but it did give her the opportunity for revenge basically, yes, which um, was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. I would really like to see a follow up to this movie and the way that, um, some of the creators have been talking recently, it's possible that they could both follow up this movie and also have uh, a sequel that's more in line with the original franchise. So this could kind of be like its own little side, bud, kind of like how the Annabelle movies worked their way into the conjuring universe and became their own thing. We're getting a saw expanded universe folks. Yeah. We need to to take, basically we need to take a few chill pills and breaths, but saw expanded universe. Remember, there was the news where it was like, we're thinking about a TV show. And I was like, I need a moment. I need a fucking a TV show would be pretty crazy. a fucking minute right now. I can't think about a TV show. Please let Shudder produce it because I don't so, trust yeah. like half of the other fucking. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I, so, I, yeah, <laughs> it seems like we're going to be getting more Saw. Yeah. And who knows what form it'll take yeah. at this point. It'd be nice to see a follow up to this. Yeah. Would definitely like to see Chris Rock and Max Mangello come back. I, re- I need Ma- like. Chris Rock, okay, Chris Rock, I want you to come back. Your character doesn't have to, though. I think your ideas and stuff should come back. But if Oh, absolutely. I would actually love to have a Saul world where, like, some character survives and, like, doesn't die in the next movie. You know, like, they, like, actually get to go on and, like, go to therapy and have a nice life. Um, <laughs> that would be fine with me. The only problem here is that Chris Rock's character knows that William Shank is the killer. So, you know, that, you know, if we're going to yeah. see more, it's pretty much a given that his character has to be involved because he's probably going to try to stop him. Um, right. He's going to be hunting him now. Yeah. Uh, but I also just want, I want to see more of William Shank. I thought it was a, a fun killer. He, it felt different from all the other saw killers. It was nice. Um, so I, I'd like to see more of that as well. Um, also just different from typical horror movie killers. He just, fe- he was a different kind of slasher. That was nice. Uh, I mean, saw has been marked by different kinds of slashers, but Ever since Saul, we've had a million killers who kind of try to act like Jigsaw. Um, like, yeah. um, and so, um, you know, William Shank felt different even from those just by like nature of like his like ideas, like and what he was going for and just like being very committed to his cause. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought he was a good killer. I'd like to see more William Shank. And Chris Rock. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think we'll see more Samuel L. Jackson. I think. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, we kind of. He's probably gone. He's probably gone. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Why? Okay. Can we can we think about now? 
the leaked news that there was a trap that was too gruesome. And so a character survived because the trap that was too gruesome had to be cut. Oh, yeah. Who do we think that was? I think it was that one cop who thinks that it's Samuel L. Jackson who's doing the murders. I think Is it's that, that like O'Brien or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, it's I like think the so. was he bald maybe, the white bald dude who's like He was like yeah, like like balding with like grayish hair yeah, he, and like he he at I one thought... point gets in Chris Rock's face and he's like, When's the last time you talked to your dad? And he's like, yeah, just yeah, now. He's like, just now, and this guy's like, You're a bad liar. And it's like, well, yeah. Kind of is. Like, obviously, he hasn't talked to his dad in days. But, um. yeah. There was also another cop. Um, I think about the woman. The, the woman. No, no. He was a black guy. Oh, and yeah. I remember guy, at one yeah. point, like, like William, like, Shank was like, what's his problem? And, like, Chris Rock was like, he's a corrupt piece of shit or something. Yes. So, but we didn't really see much of him. So, it's possible that there was something written in for him. Because he only shows up a couple times, otherwise. Yeah, I, th- I think th- I think those are the two main options. Actually, I was also thinking of the woman who was the partners with the uh, the Chinese finger trap guy. Um, yeah, who, yeah, because she kind of disappears after that as well, and she's clearly kind of corrupt. Like she was clearly like in on like this guy being like a not go not you know not, not by going through he, the he wasn't by the board. Yeah. He was you know above. No, he was not above by the board. He was not above board. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It, like, I, I hope we do get to see that trap eventually. I just want to um, know what it was. I also kind of want to know who it was. Although, knowing who it was could be kind of a spoiler for, like, things that could happen in any potential sequel. You know? Like, if, right. if you know who it was, you know that if that character returns, they're probably not making it out. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Well, anything else before we close out for the evening? Uh, about Saul? No, I thought it was yeah. good. I liked it. I'm excited yeah. that Saul was back. Yeah. Saul is back, baby. And I'm loving it. Do, do, do. Uh, do, do, do. Definitely recommend this one. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. I feel like we're like you've seen Cruella. I feel like I'm going to have to see that. We'll probably talk about that at some point. Oh, it's fabulous. Um, <laughs> I also want to talk about fried berry. But oh, yeah, we should we'll talk about fried berry. We'll uh, save that for another time as uh, well. Um, but uh, we'll be back with you soon. And um, we hope you're getting back to the movies these days because um, it's it's a very exciting time. It's so exciting to be back. Um, man, it's so nice. It's so nice. I keep, I'm, I'm like emotional thinking about going to the movies. Like, I'm going to book another AMC A-list reservation this week. Wow. <laughs> it's brilliant. Who, I might have to go again tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, I'll probably go tomorrow. But until next time, um, you can find us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what we're doing. And you can reach out to us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Movies. You can also email us, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Um, let us know if you're getting back to the movies these days and what you're seeing. There's plenty of things coming out these days, uh, so there should be something for everyone. And as always, we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies.